We're so glad to be chatting with you today. Um, this is our third podcast. Um, let me introduce everybody. Have and Mary Beth, we serve on the villages team, and we are with Tyler Moore and Brian Hancock. Brian is the founder of Timber Chase Financial, and Tyler is the CPA with Timber Chase Financial. And we're going to be talking today about charitable giving and um, how to do that in a wise and creative way. So thank you guys for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So I'd love to hear, first of all, how did each of you guys get connected with Moana? Tyler, maybe you can share with us first how you got connected to Moana. Yeah, so my wife Emily and I joined Cahaba Park Church, where Wellen and her husband Stephen go, probably eight years ago. Um, and I think anyone who knows Wellen and Stephen know they're very passionate about this cause and Moana. Uh, so it didn't take us long to hear about it and get get plugged in, come to some of the annual fundraisers, and we've just been involved with it ever since. How about you, Brian? Uh, so somebody near and dear to Moana, uh, Kristen Shaw, used to be an employee here at Timber Chase. And while she was going through um, an adoption process with Moana, she, that was the same time that she worked with us. So we kept hearing her say this funny-sounding word as it related to her you know, bringing her daughter home. Um, and she left here several years ago, but we've remained uh, friends and acquaintances. Um, and I've been following the Shaw family progress. Um, when Tyler joined our firm last year, one of the uh, we both have a lot of interest in this topic, and um, the he, he brought up Juana, and of course the the name rung a bell with me because of Kristen, and so Tyler sort of reintroduced me to your organization. Love it, and y'all, we are so glad as Wellen said that y'all are going to be making what can seem like a complicated topic about planned charitable giving, simple. And I'm so glad. But before we dig into that, we also want to know a little bit more about you personally. And so I want to know, Tyler, okay, and this is a perfect, with a beautiful weekend coming up on a perfect summer weekend day, what are you going to be doing? Yeah, so my probably perfect weekend day would be uh, taking my oldest to play some golf. So my oldest is uh, six, and he's probably better at golf than I am. Uh, so I like taking him out to the golf course and then, you know, come back home, have some friends over and uh, smoke some barbecue or, or grill out. Uh, doing that tonight, making some pizza on the Big Green Egg. So got to enjoy the beautiful weekend. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Little guys, their, their center of gravity is different, you know, so it has to be easier for all those sports and everything. Exactly. <laughs> and Brian, I want to know too, you, so Brian is an empty nester and one of Brian's daughters is also a leader on our new Moana Junior Advocacy Board, Holly. So we shout out to Holly. We love her. So we want to know, Brian, what is your favorite thing about being an empty nester? Um, yeah, so we've been empty nesters for a couple of years now. Um, more time for new projects and really has spent a lot of time being getting reacquainted with friends that uh, are also have reached the stage in life. So we're not chasing our kids around on the soccer field or at the tennis court. Uh, we're hanging out with them. So that's been a lot of fun. That is so fun. You guys are both in fun stages of life. So 
So yeah, so we're going to jump right on into this planned charitable giving. And so if you're listening, we want you to stay with us because again, part of what Brian and Tyler bring to this podcast today is that they are going to make these complicated concepts super simple and show us how all of us, no matter where we are in our life, can engage in planned charitable giving. So Brian, we'll start with you. Can you tell us a simple definition of planned charitable giving? Yeah, I think that means different things to different people. Uh, commonly, it means uh, I'm going to leave money um, through to a charity through my will, um, which is part of plan giving. But really, the broader definition to me of plan giving means leveraging someone's circumstances to magnify the value of their giving, often through tax savings. And actually, I love, too, that that's part of Timber Chase's, you know, um, I loved your mission statement, Brian, that it was talking about how you can leverage your financial resources so that you can follow your passion or calling in life. And so what I hear you saying, like I said, I think a lot of people think it's just around the end of life, but this is a way to manage your finances so that right now the things that are your heartbeat can you can support and utilize. And so that is one thing that's so powerful about planned charitable giving to me is no matter where you are, everybody has a passion and a calling in life that they want to be a part of and engage in. So, um, and then Tyler, what do you think are three examples of a planned gift? Like for someone listening who has no idea, what are three ways that they might have resources for a planned gift? So as Ryan kind of said, a lot of planned giving revolves around tax savings. Um, so there are kind of three, three common ways that we typically see with clients that we're advising. Um, one of the first is a strategy called bunching your giving. Uh, so a tax reform in 2017, there were some changes that were made um, that really made itemized deductions either harder to do um, or just not as efficient of a way to, to do your deductions on your tax return. Um, largely, that's because the standard deduction was almost doubled. So now for like a married couple, uh, the standard deduction is about $25,000. So even someone who's very charitably inclined it, they might not be hitting that $25,000 threshold um, to make it worth itemizing their deductions, or if they're itemizing, they might just be right above it. Um, so if you've got $26,000, then really you're only getting a tax deduction essentially for $1,000. Um, so a way that we've seen since then to kind of counteract that is bunching your giving. So you can do this in a couple of ways. One would be if you just want to pre-give for the next year. So if you're someone who gives regularly, to specific charities or religious organizations, and you kind of know, here's what I plan on giving next year, then in December, you can go ahead and write a check to those organizations. Um, and that way you get a very large itemized deduction that year, and you can take the standard deduction next year, essentially getting free tax deductions. Um, or you can do another form of bunch giving is uh, called a donor advised fund. So for those who are giving a much larger amount or want to pre-give for several years, um, say you give 15000 a year and you want to pre-give for four years, you could give $60,000 to this donor-advised fund, which is a charitable organization, so you get the tax deduction for it. And then over whatever time period you want, you advise that fund where to give the money. So over those years, you can say, give $2,000 to Moana this month, and they'll write a check and send it to Moana. 
Um, either scenario, we we strongly advise letting the charity know if you're if you're writing pre-funding, uh, you're giving just so those charities can plan for that in their budget and their cash flow. Um, another very common way for um, older individuals who might have an IRA, so if they're over 70 and a half, they can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So this, if you're in that stage of life and you've got IRAs, you're soon looking at either taking distributions or having required minimum distributions. And when you take that distribution from your IRA, typically you're having to pay income taxes on that amount. So for someone who wants to give to charity, if they take it from the IRA and write a check, they're recognizing income and then potentially getting a tax deduction. A way to kind of go around this is this qualified charitable distribution is a way to send the money directly from your IRA to whatever charity you want to send it to. This way, you don't have to pick up the income on your tax return, uh, which that can really help you in terms of other things like how much of your Social Security income is taxable, Medicare, or some other items. And then you also can take the full standard deduction, and you don't have to take the itemized deduction to get that charitable contribution. So for people in that stage of life, that is generally the most efficient way to do their giving. Um, and lastly, one that we really see frequently and probably deal with year in and year out with most of our clients is giving appreciated stock. Um, so for people who have taxable investments, so investments that are not in an IRA or 401k or typical retirement account that may have unrealized capital gains, um, so, you know, common one you might see right now is Apple stock. Uh, you might have 20000 sitting in your account of Apple stock with a large amount of gains that if you were to sell it, you're going to have to pay capital gains tax on it. So if, say, this individual wants to give $20,000 to Moana this year, if they would typically give cash, it would be more beneficial instead to give the stock. So they can tell their brokerage uh, or their broker to transfer the stock to Moana's brokerage account. Moana can then turn around and sell that stock without having to pay any tax since Moana's a charity. And that individual could then take the $20,000 they would have given to Moana and instead reinvest it in their taxable account. So that way, financially, they're still in the same whole position, having the same investments they would have, but they've just gotten rid of a large unrealized capital gain. Uh, so for people who have a lot of taxable investments and are very charitably inclined, if you plan it outright, you can theoretically never have to pay capital gains tax. So it's just an extremely efficient way to do it. Most charities are, are set up where they can accept stock. Uh, so it, it's a great idea for, for many people to consider. All of these suggestions very much would encourage people to um, talk to their tax advisor, their financial planner, and, and do an analysis to see what, what fits best for their individual situation. Mm -hmm. What I hear so much of you saying is that there's a lot of thoughtfulness and intentionality around giving. And what we found over the years is that want to donate a small donor base that's almost exclusively individuals who are very thoughtful and very intentional about supporting the work that we do. There's a real sense of stewardship that we all have these resources that we are given and stewarding those resources in a very intentional, strategic way is, you know, I don't know, there seems to be a resolution what you're talking about donors doing um, in the, the donors that are supporting the work that we do. What 
question. Yeah, so it, it really kind of forces you to be very intentional and thoughtful in your giving, uh, which I think is one of the really big benefits of it is instead of just writing a check here or there, um, most individuals and families, if, if they are more thoughtful and planned in their giving, it's just it's better for the family and it's better for the organization. That's what you mentioned, too. I did like when you said, too, that for Moana, the benefit, I mean, the donor, you mentioned some obvious benefits for the donor. And then also for the charity, it allows us, we have so many like monthly sponsors. And when someone gives monthly sponsorship, we are able to budget with that money. And it's the same with planned charitable giving, that knowing that ahead of time is so beneficial to the organization so that we can know this is coming in. Um, and, and how to allocate it. So I love that you, you know, that there's benefits to, to both parties. So, okay. True or false planned giving is something only certain people should consider, but it's not for everyone. I know you just kind of touched on this, but again, I just keep wanting to dispel this myth that planned giving is only for certain. So Brian, can you speak more to that? Yeah, so we really encourage everyone who has any charitable intents to uh, think of their giving as only planned giving as opposed to um, uh, just uh, inadvertent giving or just writing a check thoughtlessly. Um, and so, you know, a couple of examples of that. So we might have uh, uh, someone with a lot of resources when we think about plan giving, we may be thinking about what's in their will or on their beneficiary forms, or we may do, be doing something that's uh, really complicated and esoteric. We might have someone who owns a strip mall and it's been in the family for years and years, and it has, uh, you know, if they sell it, they're going to pay a lot of capital gains tax. There are ways to give away hard assets like that. Um, and that's planned giving for that particular family. But on the other end of the spectrum, so I have four children and they're all in their 20s. And we've had discussions with them about uh, how to uh, be really thoughtful and mindful about their giving. That's giving that's planned, giving that's intentional. And uh, for a lot of people in their 20s, um, a couple of the strategies that uh, Tyler has talked about, uh, specifically bunching deductions. And even for, um, you know, smaller donors, there are now donor-advised funds that uh, kind of target small donations or people who are specifically trying to deal with the bunching of, the, of donations, uh, bunching of deductions. Um, so there are opportunities anywhere on the spectrum, on the age spectrum, on the family status spectrum, and on the whether one is wealthy or not wealthy um, we just think that every every gift, all charitable giving should be um, should be thought out carefully. That's planned giving. So um, it is not just for people who are wealthy or old. Um, it's it's really for everybody that has the charitable intent. I love that. I love that. That just I think that dispels a myth. And I know Tyler that you mentioned. Are there any current tax proposals that could impact planned giving? Yeah, so I'm sure as anyone who follows current news knows, there, there are several um, large tax proposals in some of the upcoming bills under consideration in Congress right now. Um, a lot of what's in those could impact plan giving, but I think across the board, all of them don't make plan giving less important. They really make it more important. Um, so probably one of the most notable ones is the proposal to raise the capital gains tax um, to close to 40%. Uh, and 
something like that really just makes the opportunity for tax savings that much greater. Um, so I, I wouldn't encourage you to get bogged down the specifics of everything because it will change. But I think across the board, whatever tax proposals do end up getting voted on and passed, it's just going to make this more important to look at for each individual and family. Awesome. 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 What have we not asked y'all that you that you would want to tell somebody? So I would say I think a, a common hurdle that we see with people, um, particularly people who give to religious organizations, their church um, through a monthly tithe, is there's that spiritual component for a lot of people in their giving um, and kind of having that you know sacrificial giving um, and. They don't necessarily adjust easily to the idea of giving in a planned way, particularly trying to optimize tax savings. Um, and it's just kind of a almost mental hurdle. I feel like you've got to got to get over and and look at the analysis, look at the potential tax savings. And I think when people do that, it kind of a light bulb goes off of, okay, this isn't this isn't giving in a less effective way. It's giving in a better way, a more efficient way, and really allows me to have tax savings to then give more. So I can give more to my church. I can give more to Moana because in a lot of these scenarios, you're saving thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes. And it, it it's just that double benefit for the individual and for the organization. And there's still also ways with multiple of these strategies to set up your planned giving in a way to where you can still do a lot of the things that you and your family like to do to be an example for your kids to set aside that money every month to show hey we're here this is our giving money and still have that monthly sacrifice to to have that religious component or just like teaching your kids whatever it may be you can structure it how you want and be really flexible in it awesome love that brian what do you have anything to add to that well, uh, it's been a long time since I had little kids at home, but we didn't talk about the little kids part of planned giving. And I think um, even at the at a very young age, you know, way before 10, maybe around five years old, maybe even before that, um, you know, young parents need to be teaching their children about money, just like they teach them about safety and nutrition and uh, being kind of other people. And one of the, one of the issues around money is, you know, save some, spend, save some, give some away and, uh, you know, spend the rest. And, uh, the giving away part for a very young child whose allowance is, you know, five dimes, um, that's planned giving. Um, that's not just, uh, that that's beginning this, the process of teaching our children, uh, to be generous and to do it deliberately and intentionally. And it's no less important than if I own a rental property or have uh, S-Corp shares uh, in my family with a very low basis and I don't need the money, uh, is there a way for me to uh, pass that along? I think, you know, most of our discussions here have been tax-related. And to, under that theme, um, the U.S. government tax system uh, in, is, creates an incentive for people to give money away. And that makes not all taxes, but many taxes optional. It certainly makes a state tax optional um, if one will uh, give away more than you know anything that's over the current exemption. Um, so uh, whether 
you know, you're talking about a four-year-old who's getting the first allowance or an 88-year-old who has way more than they need. Um, planned giving just means intentional giving, thinking through uh, how are we going to do that in a, in a constructive way. Um, and from my perspective, to let the U.S. government magnify our gifts. Well, I love your inclusion of kids in this discussion because we're an organization that revolves around children. And that's been one of the greatest joys over the years is to see kids get involved. We're actually right now um, on the coming up to VBS season where we're going to have kids supporting one and learning about Congo and learning about the kids at the refuge. And that's one of my favorite things every year is to see these kids learn about what life is like for these kids and then think I can actually do a lemonade stand and give part of that donation to it. It, it does teach that pattern of being intentional and being generous with the things that we have. Um, so that's been something that for the last few years has been just such a joy for us is to find creative ways to involve kids in the work of Moana. I'll have to share this one story. I opened up a clearly um, child written envelope one day and there, I can't, it was like a dollar 87. I can't remember how much it was a small amount. And on it was written in, you know, kindergarten, some of the letters were backwards, please give to orphans. And it was the most beautiful gift. And I thought, you know, in the hands of our amazing heavenly father, this dollar 87 is changing the lives of kids on the other side of the world. So it's a really special thing, no matter what age, like you said, whether you're a child or whether you're 88 years old, um, to see how we can, you know, steward those, those, these gifts that we've been given for the good of others. And Brian and Tyler, you guys have done such a good job today of laying out just a simple process. And we always end our podcasts with next steps. And so we love to give people just a concrete next step. But as they're listening to this and thinking, oh, my goodness, if I'm thoughtful and I'm intentional and I love a charity and I want to, you know, be more specific with how I give, what next step can someone take um, after listening to this? I think a good first step is to just sit down um, as an individual, as you, with your spouse, your family, and look at where you're giving and what you're giving um, to kind of really quantify that. For people who just are giving here and there, it's hard to have a good full picture and the whole picture of what your giving situation is. And you need to know that and, and know what your plan is for this year and for next year to really be able to do any sort of plan giving. So, so that's the first step. And then after that, I strongly encourage people to reach out to their financial planner, their tax accountant. Um, if you don't have one, reach out to one that, that you're comfortable with. Reach out to us. We're happy to talk with people and just have that initial conversation of what are my options based on that picture of here's what my giving is and what I want to give. Love it. Brian, any next step that you would add to that? That's like, those are great next steps. Yeah, I think uh, what Tyler said is great. Um, it is, it's difficult in a 25-minute podcast to uh, pull together all the resources, and so it does take time. Uh, Tyler's actually written a really good resource. Uh, it's an article on our website. If people want to read it, it gives a little bit more meat to the bones of some of the things that we've talked about. Um, uh, if somebody wants to read it, just Google Timber Chase Charitable Giving, and uh, they'll, they'll show up at the top. Um, 
but I, I really, I completely agree with Tyler. It, it's always great to have a second opinion. So reach out to uh, someone that uh, is fluent in this area to just look over somebody's shoulder, at least to get a good start. I will say the CPA community has got 10 more days before they're going to resurface. They're all kind of busy right now. Today's May the 7th. Uh, May the 17th, uh, they kind of take the exhale a little bit and then go on vacation. So uh, June 1st is a great time if you have a CPA to pay them their hourly rate and sit down and think about, um, you know, what are uh, what are some ways that we can magnify our charitable gifts going forward um, or somebody, you know, a friend, a uh, financial planner that's fluent in this area. Those are all good ways to do that. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing your expertise with our Moana community. We're really grateful for your time and we're looking forward to directing more folks your way to get this plan charitable giving underway. Yes. Thank y'all so much, Brian and Tyler. Great. Y'all enjoyed this. This Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Happy to help any way we can. Until next time. (laughs) 